Thank you for listening to the Mutual Audio Network. Please don't turn that dial. The following audio drama is rated G, which means it's perfectly safe for folks and families of all ages. Yes, even Grandma. Enjoy. It's time once again for America's favorite show, The Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd. Brought to you by DrFloyd.com. This week, starring Rick Overton as H.G. Wells and Orson Wells. In our last episode, our hero, Dr. Floyd, his young protege, Dr. Grant, their faithful robot companionships, and Dr. Floyd's mother's Pomeranian puppy, Mr. Beardy Chins, were stranded in the time and space stream due to a midstream collision that incapacitated their time and spaceship. There sure is a lot more traffic in this section of the time and space stream, Dr. Floyd. Yes, I wish one of them would help us. Hold that cardboard windshield visor higher, Chips. One of these vehicles has to stop. Look, there goes another DeLorean. Yeah, but that one has red rims on it. Yeah, and look at all those starships. Those guys are always running through here. I wonder how many times they've screwed up the fabric of time. Who knows? Dr. Floyd. How are we going to stop Dr. Steve? He's probably already causing havoc in 1938. There's nothing we can do until we get some help with this time and spaceship. At that very moment, a rather fancy time and space vehicle pulls up alongside our hero's ship. The vehicle looks like a helicopter without blades. Piloting it is a stout old man in his 70s. He powers down his ship and steps off of it on a Dr. Floyd ship. Having a little trouble? Why, yes, we are. Say, aren't you H.G. Wells, the famous author? Why, yes, I am. How did you know that, Dr. Grant? Pictures. Anyway, Mr. Wells, I didn't know you time traveled. Oh, of course. I had to do some research for my first book and decide that I should just go ahead and build and test a real time machine. Well, I'll be hornswoggled. I've actually done quite a bit of time traveling. I even stopped Jack the Ripper using this machine. But no one believes me. Well, enough about me. So, you guys are stuck here, eh? Yeah, we left ourselves a note, but I don't, don't think Don't explain that... it to him, Dr. Grant. It gives me a brain cramp every time. Sorry. Well, let me take a look here and see what you've got. Well, first of all, your little crystal key has fallen out. We'll just put that right back into place. Secondly, your flux capacitor is... Dented over here. Have you seen that? Well, let me just push that. Back. As H.G. Wells works on our hero's time and spaceship, let's see what evil mastermind Dr. Steve and his sock-shaped assistant Fidget are up to with the year 1938. Here we are at the CBS Radio Studios in New York City, Fidget. Inside Studio One, Orson Wells and the rest of the actors of the Mercury Theater are preparing to go live on the air with their production of War of the Worlds. We will slip into the theater right before 8 o'clock and swipe Orson Wells' script. Then we'll be back in the time and spaceship before the panic ensues. I will just tell the man at the door that I'm one of those people who make sound effects for the radio show. A yes, a phony artist. No, a phony artist. A, a phony artist. Are, are you sure? Well, anyway, I'll tell them that I'm there to make the sounds for the show and they'll let me in. Now, I just have to figure out how to sneak you in, Fidget. I've got it. I'll just put you on my foot. Come here. Oh, stop wiggling. Yes, there we are. Just pull it up. There. Now for the shoe. There. Here we go. Quiet, Fidget. We're almost there. Hey, where do you think you're going? I am a Foley artist. That's the person who makes the sounds, also referred to as Foley's for the radio shows. I need to gain entrance for the theater so I can obviously make Foley's for Orson Welles' radio show. Oh, sure thing. Come on in. Well, thank you. Squeaky shoe, huh? <laughs> yeah. Dr. Stephen Fidget are now just steps away from swiping Orson Welles' script. Will our heroes be able to stop them? Let's see what progress is being made on their time and spaceship. That should do it. You're all set. Gee, thanks, Mr. Wells. Yeah, thanks. Now we can be on our way to October 30th, 1938 and stop Dr. Steve. October 30th, 1938? That's where I'm heading. I'm actually just going back one day so that I can stop Orson Welles from putting on his ridiculous radio play of War of the Worlds. He sent panic through entire cities, even though most of them 
were just in New Jersey. I was going to just sue him, but then I remembered my time machine. Well, you know, Mr. Wells, I probably shouldn't be telling you this because I risk messing up the very fabric of time, but you should probably let him do it. After the panic dies down, sales of your book might skyrocket. Really? Well, my sales have been lagging a bit recently. Either way, I have to finish my trip before I go back. So, I'll just tag along with you and help you defeat this Dr. Steve fellow. What is he planning on doing, anyway? Fly your ship around to the back of ours and park it in the cargo bay. We'll explain it to you on the way. And this time, I'm driving, Dr. Grant. Yeah, yeah. As our heroes and the man that many say is the father of science fiction head off towards 1938, Dr. Steve is now in the studio where the recording of War of the Worlds will take place. There he is, Fidget Orson Welles, about to do his radio show. Here, let me take you off my foot. You go distract him, and I'll steal the script. Fifteen seconds to air. Fidget stealthily approaches Orson Welles and taps him on the ankle. What is that? A sock? Snazzbud? What did you say? Rosebud? What does that mean? Ten seconds to air. Colonel Steve grabs Orson Welles' script from his music stand. I have the script, Fidget. Put our usual plan into action. Run, Fidget, run! Just then, H.G. Wells steps in front of Dr. Steve, while Dr. Floyd gets on his hands and knees behind him. Push him, H.G.! Five seconds. With a mighty shove, H.G. Wells pushes Dr. Steve, who steps back and trips Whoa. over Dr. Floyd. He falls backwards, and as he does, Chips knocks the script out of his hands. The script flies over Dr. Grant's head, and he reaches up and catches it and falls over at Orson Welles' feet and right on top of Fidget. <laughs> Here's your script, Mr. Wells. Now go put on a great show. We are live. Orson Welles runs to the microphone and proceeds to make radio history, and all is well again. Or at least all is the chaotic mess it's supposed to be. Dr. Floyd, H.G. Wells, and the rest of the gang get so engrossed in watching Orson work that they don't notice Dr. Stephen Fidget slip out the back door and into the night. After the show is over, H.G. Wells congratulates Dr. Floyd and his crew. We're going to meet Orson Welles. You want to come with us, H.G.? Oh, no. I'm not supposed to meet him for another two years. I'm going to head back to tomorrow. You guys, keep up the good work, and keep on reading books. We will, H.G. I've almost read all of them, you know. It was a pleasure working with you, Mr. Wells. <laughs> I wouldn't have missed it for all the time in the world. <laughs> That's okay, I'm going to use that again. H.G. Wells walks off into the night, and after a brief meeting with Orson Wells, Dr. Floyd, Dr. Crane, and Chips are back in their time and spaceship, heading off for another adventure. Where will their exploits lead them next? Will they ever be able to thwart Dr. Steve? And will Fidget ever get the taste of Dr. Steve's foot out of his mouth? <laughs> Find out next week on the Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd.